one of my other Thanksgiving Day game football injuries when I pulled both of my hamstrings, remember? Yeah. yeah. So it was a play where I was just running and I pulled both of my hamstrings at the same time, which probably has never been done in the history of sports. <laughs> and I fell down to the floor and I couldn't get up like at all. And um, my right hamstring has healed, my left hamstring hasn't. I, has, I can't do a full sprint. So, and that's why I think my lower back you is did, all connected, right? You did nothing to to fix the injury, to remedy the uh, injury. You just sat at home and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> if you're not active, if you're not active, you're not gonna do anything, you know? You have to go stretch. You have to, you know, do walking lunges in a park, do something to get that, to activate that muscle, to get all that stagnant blood out of there, you know, to stretch, to rip it and repair. Because one thing I've always relied on, like when I was younger, playing a lot of sports, 18, 19, 20, um, I, was, I would just let my body heal. My body would heal quickly, but as you get older, now that I'm realizing, your body doesn't heal. Yeah, you're not Wolverine. Oh. Um, it's like drinking. Is drinking the same at 30, drinking at 30 years old, is it the same as drinking at 20? Absolutely not. You feel like you got hit by a freight train when you're 30, right. you know? So it's, if you're not, if, if you get injured and you do absolutely nothing to fix it, then absolutely nothing will happen. Gotcha. Cool. I know, I understand what he's saying, but the funny thing about that, that story and that injury is that it was actually his fault that I got hurt because the only reason I play football on Thanksgiving is the quarterback. And we were losing. So, you know, big bad Jonathan wanted to come in and quarterback, and I went to wide receiver. And the very next play, you know, they call hike. I go out for a pass, and I pull both my hamstrings. So it was actually his fault. And I went to get a massage. Remember, I don't know if you remember. I went to get a massage the day before, yeah. uh, like a deep tissue massage at this, you know, cheap $40 um, place on Myrtle. And then, um, so I felt good, but... You know, after after I got hurt, I looked into it. And I, I shouldn't have done that. So I think that has something to do with it too. Yeah, you got to give that some time to heal, about a week or so. And then when you have it to be mobile, you walk it off a little bit, go to the park, like you said, do some some lunges. For both hands. That was bad. That was bad. Like I couldn't get up. Like it was it was bad. I mean, it was it partly because I was out of shape. But and then it, it, my ha my right hamstring healed. My left ha hamstring hasn't healed. And as I've been working out the last couple of weeks, so now we're lightly working out or trying to get back into it, doing some, you know, some jogging and some some gym work with Jonathan. Um, I haven't I can feel my left hamstring. I can feel it like tight and, and I can feel a little the pull anytime yeah. I try to do something because it's, it's still it's still sore. It's still I can feel the soreness still. So it never really healed. I mean, I didn't get any treatment for it. I just let it you know, I just let it be. So that has something to do with it. You know, a good a good, a good thing for that, too, is. Um a foam roller, you know. Roller. That's what he said. Yeah, you gotta get that, to get that, take break that muscle, break them bloods up, get that blood flowing, man. Just that, that helps. I see how. Now I use a lot of that. <laughs> <Tiger ball. laughs> but the one thing I'll say about the gym is like there was one time in my life where I worked out, and I was committed to working out. I was in college. I was going from freshman to sophomore year of college, and we were just going from Division Two to Division One. And uh, our coach, at the t our coach, um, he implemented a new uh, weight training regimen. So we had it was mandatory that we worked out. 
And I was I was slim, 180 pounds. You know, I didn't have much power at the plate. I was just a guy pitter or whatever. But that fall and that winter, I worked out like every day. And partly because I wanted to start because I didn't start as, my, as a freshman. I wanted yeah. to start as a sophomore. So I wanted to, you know, get a little bigger. And I actually saw results. Like it, it works. If you commit to the gym, you actually see results from it because... I went from, from from not hitting any home runs my freshman year to hitting two home runs my yeah. sophomore year, like legit home runs, not like, like over-the-fence home runs because, you know, in high school, we didn't have fences, so it was just hit it as far as you can and then run the bases. But in college, like, I, I felt strong. I was hitting the ball harder. So if you commit to the gym, it's something that, that it actually works, and you just have to commit. It just takes a little dedication, commitment, and, and discipline, I guess. Yeah. And you know, because you've been working out for how many years? I go about eight years now, strong, but, you know, the last – Three or four years have been part time, like two, just two or three times a week. But I still try to get something going. You know, if I can't make it and with weights, I go do some treadmill work. If I can't make it, I go to the park. I try to do something to get my body going no matter what. So I say eight years, yeah. But out of that eight years, five years, dedicated myself real good. The last three, still go. But like I said, part time. Just to maintain, just to keep my body going, get the breathing going. You know, I don't, I don't smoke and all that stuff. So. It just helps everything. It helps you. It makes you feel great, man. It's the best thing ever in my life is um, working out. Yeah, and then I mean, we'll. I mean, we'll. As you hear on this episode, as I talk to, to my friend Allison, who now runs her own yoga studio, and then uh, my brother Jonathan is on this episode, and uh, the wife is making her debut on, on the on the episode. Juana is also uh, motivating me to to do a little more cardio. So I've been I ran around the track with her for a couple days. So. Um, they talk a lot about that, um, about just, just getting started again and, and how good it makes them feel after they work out. So, um, LT, but you recently posted a video on uh, Instagram, you know, you were doing some jogging around the block. And how did that feel for you not having done that in a long time? Painful. <laughs> Painful. How, how, did, works, though. how did your back hold up? Not good. Is your back broken? It's fine. You mean by that? You broke back it. is broken. What, a, a vertebrae or, or, or well, a portion? Spinal. I overdid it. Not the running part, because the running, you know, I still play competitive softball and whatever, but the the push-up part, the little weights and everything, I overdid it. That's why I wanted to talk to E-Rock, too, because mm-hmm. my chest, bro, I know you got to work out and keep going over the swollenness, but I couldn't do it, bro. I was like... And I can't do nothing. Well, well, it's supposed to hurt. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to hurt. And if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it ain't that easy. You just got to be dedicated. Keep on doing what you're doing. All that stuff will go away. And now you got to trick your body. Now you got to take it to a different level. Now you got to, like, uh, mix it up. Maybe do push-up first, then, then go run. Or do a couple of laps, stop, drop down. Do something yeah, like drop sets. So after a while, it's going to hurt for a while. But then it's going to go away completely. You're going to feel good. And then... That's how you get started, bro. Yeah, I think I overdid it because I, I did that. Like, the little workout that I do is is no break. Yeah. It's a 30-second break, and then go right into nah, the next not, set. Not for, set. Workout, not for your yeah, first workout. Not for your first workout. Yeah, you got to kind of start off, you know, we, you got to pace yourself. I we guess. tend to forget that we 36, 37. 36. <laughs> so I'm going to take that into It's not like it used to be, man. It's not yeah, like it not used to all, be. Yeah. All right, so let me let me stop you guys right there. Um, let's get started with this episode. This is episode five of the Hail Caesar podcast, the fitness episode. So um, there's a lot in here. Hopefully, if you're if for anyone out there that's looking to to be a bit more healthy, to be more fit, 
um, you'll find some inspiration with this episode and some some motivation as well. So uh, thanks for E-Rock and LT joining me real quick, but they'll be we'll be back at the end of this episode. So enjoy the show and uh, we'll be right back. On this episode of the Hail Caesar podcast, we dive into the world of fitness. Why are we so obsessed with fitness? Why are we so obsessed with looking good and feeling good? I tried different methods of fitness, from running to soul cycling to yoga, and I even spent some time with the missus and my brother, who both have been trying to get me off of the golf course and into the gym for several years now. I start off the conversation with my friend Allison. We interned at Major League Soccer back in 2008. She went on to work full-time for MLS until she moved back to Seattle to take care of her father who was suddenly diagnosed with cancer. Along with her mom, Allison spent the next year nursing for her father. During this rough and emotionally challenging time, Allison rediscovered an old passion. I mean, going back to when we worked together at MLS, um, I eventually got hired by MLS and I was working for them full-time. And then my dad was suddenly diagnosed with uh, terminal brain cancer. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. So I had to, yeah, I had to quickly, like literally overnight, pack my bags and move home to Seattle. And uh, my mom and I spent the next year nursing him to death. So the only time I could leave the house because somebody had to be with him at all times was to go to yoga. And that's something I had previously enjoyed. I actually did a yoga teacher training in college, my senior year of college. So even when we met, I had already been trained to be a teacher. I just didn't think it was a uh, realistic or viable career option. So I kind of put it on the back burner and always thought, like, I'll do this someday. But um, (laughs) my dad getting sick and subsequently passing away a year later kind of changed things for me. So when he was sick, I started teaching yoga and it wasn't something I was very comfortable with, but I was like, you know, this helps me get out of the house. This is kind of like therapy to me. Maybe I can help other people. And it was exactly that. Like the things I gained from teaching yoga are so immense and it was so um, rewarding in so many ways that once my dad passed away, I decided to stay and keep doing it. And it was funny because a little bit after he passed away, New York kept calling and they were like, do you want to come back and work for us again? And I kept saying, you know, I I actually really like teaching yoga. I think I'm going to stay here and do that. And I think people were really confused at first, but um, now I think they get it. So that's been, um, I've been teaching yoga for about six and a half years. And along the way, I've done other things. I've taught spin. I've picked up uh, bar method certifications. And most recently, I became a personal trainer through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And so I just love fitness and I love exercise and I spend all my time reading about it. And I truly believe in its benefits, uh, like mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm a full believer And I, you know, I'm 31 now and I have a lot of friends like you who have young children and a lot of people who are starting families and they have full-time jobs. And the first thing that kind of goes is their time and their fitness and their health. And so I started AIM Health with the intention of giving my friends and family and hopefully more people beyond, uh, 
the opportunity to have a little bit of time in their day to work on themselves. So they have some time to do some yoga or a quick 20 minute workout and hopefully, you know, gain some energy and some, uh, mental clarity and focus and just feel better during the day. So that's my inspiration. It's really people with children and jobs because <laughs> <laughs> life is busy and it's hard to make it to the gym or make it to a class all the time. Yeah, it is. And it's so easy to find excuses to not work out. And, and we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on that a bit later, but exactly. it's, it's one thing I'll say about that MLS class, intern class when we were there, I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. A lot of people got hired, um, you know, by MLS, usually interns don't, don't, you know, are not lucky enough to get hired by the companies they intern for. So it was good to see that. I know our class got, uh, yeah. got, got for jobs yeah. and it's been great I have to say like you guys I mean I mean social media is a big factor in this but I'm still you know loosely in touch with a lot of people from MLS and I feel like we're all very supportive of each other and like this is a good example of that and so it was a really good community and um yeah and I appreciate that time in my life because I feel like it taught me so much and I'm so grateful for it so. absolutely yeah same here. yeah same here I try to keep in touch with all those guys too so it was, it was definitely a fun a fun class and a fun six months so um, yeah. Cool. So I guess um, so with me, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm starting to be more conscious of, of fitness and being more uh, more healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. What what would be your advice to kind of help motivate someone? And you touched on that some of that a little bit already. But what would be your advice to help motivate someone who's just starting, you know, to to to, to get into fitness and live a healthier lifestyle? I know on your website you say um, a healthy lifestyle not only changes the, your body, changes your mind, your attitude and your mood. So if you can just touch a little bit more on that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say my first advice is the hardest part is starting. And I really believe this because think about like the first time you go for a run and maybe you've done no cardio in five years. It's brutal. It's, it's killer, right? You feel your lungs are burning. You're kind of salivating in your mouth. You're like, this is, why do I do this? And it, it, it sucks initially, right? Yes, it does suck initially. Um, this is me after doing some laps around a track on my first day of doing some cardio after a couple years of not doing much exercise. How was that? What? How was that? How was that? We did good? You haven't finished yet. What? <laughs> Is my chest supposed to be burning? Yes, and your legs, and your inner thighs, right. and your shin. How am I doing so far? Doing pretty good for a person that doesn't work out. Well, that's the idea. I'm trying to get my fitness on. Get back into shape. Sprint. Maximus What? Intended. All right. Here we go. seconds. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people can empathize with that. And, you know, some people, I have a lot of clients and students who had kids and their kids are now 10 years old and they come to me and they're like, I literally have not exercised since I had my baby. And now my kids are 10 and I, it's been 10 years since I've moved my body. So I truly <laughs> believe that the hardest part is starting. Um, but I also believe that it takes, you know, they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. And I believe that if you can, I call it the hump. If you can get over that hump, if you can do it consistently for 21 days and maybe, you know, it's just a little bit every day, 
that you start to train yourself to crave fitness because really I think the mental benefits are um, probably more obvious in the beginning. It's, it's an antidepressant. It really is. It has similar benefits to taking antidepressant medications. Um, you'll notice the energy first. You'll notice your mood changes. Maybe you're less, you know, testy well, with your partner or your children. I better anxiety. So that told me that running exercise helps with that, and it has. Two, I want to be healthier. Um, I give a good example to my daughter. I want her to be to grow up to be a healthy human being. And three, what well, every every girl wants: a great summer body, bikini season, baby. So you started working out how long ago? How long About six, six, seven years ago. And what led me into the gym was a breakup, surprisingly. Ah, so this was kind of a <clears throat> therapy. stress reliever, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was therapy. Um, and that's what pretty much, that's what it is for me, at least, you know. Especially with my line of work. This is uh, more therapeutic than anything else. You know, I come here and, and I'm far, far away from reality, you know, I'm just working out, I'm in the zone, I'm locked in, ton of business, I barely talk to anyone. So sure, exercising regularly enhances your physical appearance, that we know. But what can it do for you mentally? In an article for New York Magazine, Brad Stolberg talks about how exercise shapes you far beyond the gym. In the article, Brad references a study published in the British Journal of Health Psychology. The study found that college students who went from not exercising at all to just two to three gym visits per week reported a decrease in stress, smoking, alcohol, and caffeine consumption, and an increase in healthy eating, better maintenance of household chores, and better spending and study habits. In addition to these real-life improvements, after two months of regular exercise, the students also performed better on laboratory tests of self-control. This led the researchers to speculate that exercise had a powerful impact on the student's capacity for self-regulation. Simply put, pushing through the discomfort associated with exercise, saying yes when their bodies and minds were telling them to say no, taught the students to stay cool, calm, and collected in the face of difficulty, whether that meant better managing stress, drinking less, or studying more. And what you're doing when you start to notice those changes is you're training your brain to become addicted to exercise. Um, and hopefully it's something you start to crave. I always say, you know, in the beginning, you're really sore from working out. Uh, you know, like the next day, your legs hurt or you're tired and you really feel it. But if you stick with it for those 21 days and beyond, you're going to start to get sore when you don't work out. For example, if I don't do yoga for three days, my legs hurt. They start to feel really restless in bed. Like I imagine it's what restless leg syndrome feels like. And it's only because I haven't moved my body in three days. So you're physically and mentally training yourself to crave it. So if you can make it to that point, you just have to get over that hump. It'll be worth it. And it'll hopefully stick and become like a necessary part of your routine. Oh man! I and then the other thing I... 
No, go ahead. Go yeah, on. I want go for it. No, I would love to get to that point where my body gets sore from not working out. That that would be amazing, but it's pretty Yes. Funny, yeah. And let me know when it happens. If you stick with it, I promise it'll happen. You're going to start to be like, "Oh gosh, I haven't moved and I just ache and I hurt and I have to go do something." Um, and then the other thing I would say is some is always better than none. You know, I joke that I teach fitness and yoga for a living and there's days that, you know, I can't make it into a yoga class because I'm so busy. So I, I get what that feeling is like. Um, but some is already always better than none. So even if you take a really fast walk or you just do a uh, little spurts of push-ups throughout the day and squats like that is better than just giving up throwing in the towel that day and doing nothing and the danger with kind of uh doing nothing multiple days in a row is that you fall off the track and then you're starting from square one again because the really unfair thing about exercise is that it takes us a lot of work to get to that feeling of it feeling good, but it so quickly dissipates. So you really do have to uh, train yourself to be consistent with it. Yeah. So even during the day, if you do 25 squats, 10 push-ups, and take a brisk walk, perfect. You did something, and you should be proud of that. So. I think the problem most of us have is that people don't suffer any immediate consequences from not going to the gym or working out. I mean, what really happens to us? In fact, the consequences from skipping a workout are good. We get to watch more TV, eat fatty but delicious foods. Let's think about it. We all have our days when, you know, you don't want to go to work. We try hard to convince ourselves not to go to work. We're tired. We're stressed. You just need a day off. But 10 out of 10 times, you'll get your ass up and go to work. Laundry. You got two loads of laundry to do. You put it off for a couple days, but eventually you run out of clean underwear and you get your butt up and wash your clothes. The dentist. You've had a bad toothache for a couple weeks, but eventually you can't take the pain anymore and you go to the dentist. There are things that we can put off to the side and get to later, like laundry and the dentist. You can put off going to the gym for a day, you're in the middle of a Netflix binge or the season finale of The Walking Dead is on. These are legitimate excuses in my book. You can put off going to the gym for a second day. Maybe it's too cold outside. You'll go back at it tomorrow. That third day though, the excuses start getting ridiculous. You convince yourself that you've been going way too hard. You don't want to get hurt. You've been pushing yourself too much. So you're going to ease up and you're going to skip a day. It's kind of like making excuses to get yourself out of visiting your in-laws. The first time you tell your wife is something reasonable, like, sorry babe, something came up at work, I can't make it. Tell your mom I said hi though. The second time, things get a bit more suspicious, eyebrows start to be raised. You tell your wife, babe, I'm sorry, tell your mom that I booked the tea time with the guys, I can't make it. That third time though, things get a little absurd. You try to talk your way out of visiting your in-laws by trying to convince your wife that you guys are spending way too much time there. At that point, your wife knows she's on to you. She knows that you hate going to her parents' house and that you probably aren't going to be visiting for a while. So it's like taking that third day off from the gym. The gym gods know that you're probably not going to be back for a while. So you have to find something that is motivating. Like some people do cycling, some people run, some people do crossfit, um, some people swim. Um, you like to do golf. So if, you, if you're golfing constantly, 
And yeah, I like that. I like to golf constantly, at least five days a week. And you incorporate some of those cardio exercise, then that's fine. You don't have to be a buff head to be fit. Yeah. Some people like I to agree. have muscles everywhere, but as long as you're Wait. healthy, that's what matters. The sun is coming out, so that's a good sign for me, right? Because it's been raining all day. We just did a little workout. Now the sun's coming out, so that's positive signs, right? Yeah, to keep doing it. All right. I'm trying to live as long as I possibly can, so I'm going to stay fit as long as I possibly can. If I could go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to work out. There are other ways of staying fit, though. Like, playing golf is a good workout. Like, you know, you get a lot of cardio in. Like, would you be committed to playing a little, so two rounds of golf with me? You keep asking me golf questions. I don't understand. This is the gym. We're not, we're not at the golf course teeing off right now. We're one at the of the gym. goals of, of my of this uh, experiment is to get better at golf. Right, so you get better at golf when you're at the golf course. Right now you're at the gym, so you're supposed to be asking me fit questions. I don't care about golf. But, um, if, but remember, uh, a few years back you said, if I commit to going to the gym, you would play around the golf room. And you still haven't committed to, to going to the gym, so I'm not playing to... Uh, but I'm committed now, I'm committed. Um, when you commit to the gym, I'll play around the golf, 18 holes. Um, but yeah, because the professional golfers, they don't just, the golf course isn't their workout. They work out religiously. That's a good point. You know, in preparation for the season. You know, they don't just show up to the golf course and get in shape. So, you know, you have a bad back, get in shape because that's the first sign of being out of shape is your lower back. If your lower back is shot, then you gotta get back into shape. Do some cardio, some stretching, and get back to it. You know, start eating the right foods. And every sport that you do, the core plays an important role. You mentioned golf. You're not gonna hit the ball properly if your core is weak. Gotcha. One of the biggest things with golf is um, first you want to work through the imbalances because I'm guessing you always swing on one side and unless you're very talented, <laughs> which I don't know many people who can switch swing in golf. Um, so you are constantly rotating one direction and twisting your body in one direction. So you want to um, twist the other way in yoga. You want to work through those imbalances so that you find that symmetry and just that'll help you stay healthier in the long run to keep playing golf. Yeah. And then, yeah, a lot of shoulder mobility work comes into play for yoga with golfers and really any activity core work comes into it as well. So, um, I'd say that when you do go try yoga, whatever instructor you have, like let them know that you're a golfer right. and that you're interested in learning more about, um, how to balance out your body and how to gain mobility in your shoulders 
and um, how to improve your core. And hopefully they can, you know, throw some of that into their classes and be able to speak to you and maybe give you a few uh, poses and exercises you could try at home too. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you put it really nicely when you say shopping around for the right type of yoga that, that fits what you, what you want to do or what you want to achieve, which is, you know, it's, it's also the way I see it when, when you're trying to get into fitness is also shopping around and trying to figure out what other types of fitness um, workouts that you, that might work out for you. Is there anything that you would recommend in terms of combining with yoga? There's soul cycling now. There's there's CrossFit. There's all kinds of different workout regimens nowadays. Um, is there anything that you do personally that that that's a good combination? Um, with yoga? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also teach a form of yoga uh, with uh, weights and cardio in it. So um, there are these kind of hybrid classes that exist now that are, you know, a really efficient use of an hour or whatever it is. But um, I personally know a lot of people who uh, will do spin on the side or a soul cycle or a flywheel on the side and couple that with yoga. Um, my husband and I, for the past year, we started doing orange theory once or twice a week. So that's, um, essentially interval training on the treadmills and the rowers and then some weight room work. So I'll do that about once or twice a week in addition to yoga. And, uh, the bottom line is, um, depending on the style of yoga, you also want to get cardio because I believe in strength training and that kind of body weight workout training in addition to cardio. So you want to be well-rounded. You know, you don't want to just lift weights and do nothing else. You don't want to uh, just do cardio and no strength training. But in terms of like yeah. yoga specifically, like I know nothing about yoga. What would you say to someone who walks into your studio with no experience, who's never done yoga before? How do you orientate, orientate them with about, about yoga? Oh, yeah. Um, I love this. And I, I get a lot of new people all the time. People are general, generally very nervous to come into yoga because they do have a lot of preconceived notions about it. Right. Um, the style of yoga I teach is an athletic dynamic form of yoga. And it's a, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's an evolution of a great uh, Eastern tradition. It's very westernized yoga. And I know that's frowned upon in a lot of uh, the yoga community, but I believe in, you know, progress and evolution. And I think it's adapted to our Western lifestyle. So I think it is uh, very fitting to this kind of, um, you know, American society we have. So I, one, I try to be really nice. Um, the type of yoga I teach is heated. And so I'll say the first thing is you're allowed to drink water. You're allowed to sit down. You're allowed to take child's pose. You can take breaks. You can modify anytime you need. It's always an option. Nothing I say is ever a requirement. It is always a suggestion. So part of the thing about yoga is learning to listen to your body and listen to your needs and back off when you need to. And then one day, hopefully push yourself when you need to. But in the beginning, it's probably going to be a lot more backing off. Um, in the beginning, it's also really helpful to look around the room because, you know, we're like warrior two and not everybody knows what a warrior two is. That's an interesting name for something. So you kind of have to do a lot of looking around to kind of figure it out. So learning the names in the beginning can be a hurdle, but, um, it'll start to come. If you're consistent, you'll start to understand what those poses mean and be able to build that muscle memory and awareness so you can jump right into it eventually. And then, you know, finally, 
I would say just to take the time for yourself. It's not about getting into any particular pose. It's not about any particular outcome in yoga. It's really about the process. And the most important thing is breathing. So if you were to lie down in my class the entire hour and just take really deep breaths, that's yoga and you're getting a lot out of it. So you do what you can and when you need to back off, just keep breathing. Ah, I get it. Just just relax and breathe. Absolutely necessary. We must examine you. Everyone just relax, all right? Everything's going to be fine. Just relax. Let's relax. That's it. You'll get through this. Just relax. Lie down there. Relax. Put your hands on your chest. Just relax. Come on. Just relax. Okay? I want you to relax every muscle in your body, beginning with your toes. Your fingertips. We put a lot, a lot of emphasis on your breath, which is different to other forms of exercise, I'd say. So when you get into a pose and you're challenged and the teacher is telling you to breathe, um, it's going to be a whole new experience. And it's a really cool evolution I've noticed. Most of my classes, I'd say, now are 50% men, 50% women. Oh, wow. And a, yeah, and a lot of people, and I don't think it's like that everywhere. Um, I Obviously, I live in a very progressive city, yeah. um, so I, that might be more Seattle-based. And I think, you know, New York and San Francisco are also big yoga cities. Um, but I, I have a lot of men in my classes, and a lot of these guys are, you know, they're really strong individuals. They weight lift and do other extracurricular activities and they do yoga to balance it out, and they swear that it's helped them in their life and their other sports and their other activities, which I know it has. So it's a cool thing to see happening right now. This is my hobby, you know, and this is my passion. The gym to me is very, is very important. It plays an important role in my life and my daily routine. Um, I've canceled dates to go on to, to, to go work out, you know? And there's a, there's a saying that says, uh, waits before dates, you know? So I've, I've done canceled dates just for the gym and people may, could judge me if they want, but I gotta get my workout in, I gotta get my workout in, and that's just the way it is. So gym, gym is life, basically. Gym is very important in my life, yeah. I'm joined again with E-Rock and LT just to wrap this episode up. Um, so what do you think, guys? So, LT, I know you recently joined the gym. You seem to be committed like myself. How are you finding it so far, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. But to get up, to go to the gym, once you're there, you feel good. But that's a hard part. But, you know, it's like, it's a little annoying the gym sometimes, man. Like, I work out in the park and everything. I, I see dudes, like, and even, you know, it's cool. They be like, yo. You gotta do this, this, this way, this way. 
you know, like... Ah, people come in trying to give you tips. Nah, yeah, like, e, you a veteran, man. What, what, give, us, give us some insight on, on some gym etiquette. What should people be doing? What should people not be doing at the I, gym? I, I wipe down after, I, you know, E-Rock. You got to wipe I, down I, your I wipe station. wipe down yeah. the day, but then after that, it's like, I just, sometimes I just feel lost. I be walking around. On the point of people telling you what to do, if you look kind of suspect on what you're doing, it's all right to get tips at somebody know what they're doing to tell you, you know what I mean? It's good to help out because you can hurt yourself like that, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, keep on doing what you're doing and you're going to be good, man. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. I mean, just, just you know, like anything else, it's just getting started and getting yourself to the gym. And like I mentioned on the episode, it's very easy to find excuses to not go to yeah. the gym, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Um, so as long as you, you, you know, stay motivated and get your, get yourself out the door and into that, into that gym, I think, I, I think we should be all right. But I got one thing to say about that. <clears throat> Even if you can't make it to the gym, it's the crib. You can do push-ups in the crib. You can do a lot of things that you don't have to go to the gym for. You know what I mean? Just do something. You got 24 hours in a day, literally. You can squeeze in 20, 30 minutes and do something. That's how I feel pain in your muscles and aching and just then go on and go on and then go on and this last two or three or four repetitions that's what makes actually the muscle then grow and that uh, divides then one from a champion and one from not being a champion if you can go through this pain period you make it to be a champion if you can't go through forget it and that's what most people like is on this having the guts the guts to go in and just say I go through and I don't care what happens you know it aches and if I fall down I, I have no fear of fainting in a gym because I know it's it, it could happen I threw up many times while I was working out but it doesn't matter because it's all worth it. so there you have it that's the end of the show hope you enjoyed that guys I want to thank Arnold for making a quick cameo on the podcast today He's a busy man, so uh, he took the time to join us, so I appreciate that. Um, thanks uh, to Allison as well for joining me and sharing some great exercise tips and all her knowledge about yoga and being fit and healthy. Um, you can check her out on Instagram. I'll leave her handle in the show notes so you can follow her on there. Um, her website is www.aimhealth.info, um, so you can check out all her, her videos and um, subscribe. Um, and you can even try some of her yoga poses and, and, and enjoy some of her videos. So be sure to do that, guys. Um, today's music is brought to you by Scott Holmes. The name of the track is Reach for Success. Um, so that'll do it, man. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. For all you guys who listen on iTunes, please leave a review. Um, same with Google Play and SoundCloud. Wherever you listen to the podcast, man, just leave a review. Um, really appreciate it. So I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Latest.